had enough. I don't want to go back there. I want to look into the future. I want to see where God's taken me. Because we worry too much about the past. If we knew in God, if we are really, really trusting him, if we really, really believe in him, if we really believe his word, some people hear him audibly. Some people hear him in his word. Some people hear the Holy Spirit more than others. But he loves each one of us, but he wants to draw closer to us. So if this is our food, the word is our food. If we're not reading it, if we're not meditating on it, how are we going to get filled up? How are we going to grow? How are we going to know about him more? Yeah, prayer is amazing. And speaking in tongues is amazing. Fellowship is amazing. But apart from all that, when we're on our own, we need fellowship with him. We need intimacy with him. And that's the only way we're going to grow. We can grow and encourage each other. We can be disciplined by each other, be corrected and say, look, you know, I say this in love, you slapping your friend last week wasn't the right thing to do. You know, we can do that in love. And we can, I wouldn't advise anyone to do that, but, you know, but it's being, being open to the Lord and allowing him to come in. Because I don't know about you, but I want to see his face. I want to be in his glory. I want to be in his presence. Not just on a Sunday. I want to be in his presence every day of the week. And all those things that mattered to me before don't matter to me no more. And I, and I thank God for that because it's taken 50 odd years for me to get where I am and I'm still not where I need to be. So I want to read a few of that. There's a lot of reading I want to do today. But I want you to get it in. I just want you to see how, how the Lord loves us. What does it mean to put God first? It means you take the time to get to know who you were created to be and let go of the rules in your subconscious mind telling you how you should behave. To put God first, you have to let go of what others think and follow your heart. Seeking the Lord means seeking his presence to be before his face. You have to transform your thinking inside your head. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6, 31, 33. Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we, or what shall we wear for the... Uh, what sh- sorry. What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows your needs, all of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Proverbs 16. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Matthew 6 again, 19 to 21. Do not lay up yourself treasures on earth, where moths and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither not um, moths and rust destroy, 
and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. We love one and hate the other. To be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. John 3.30 He must increase, but I must decrease. Proverbs 3.6 In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Um, six Matthew six nineteen to twenty one to twenty one yeah yeah I have to be honest when Ruth came last week the message from God was like oh Lord I need to get I need to get real I need to seek you I care too much about worldly things. I need to draw closer to him. What are you searching for? We all want a good life. But what, what's the life that we, we, we're looking for? You know, it's like, I saw this thing. Yeah, I'm going to have to shout. like this this is our life this is our life now yeah we strive for everything for life we think new car new house better job more kids marriage you know we, we try and push it all in because we've been told that's happiness that's life that's family it's good yeah all them things are good and they're nice but it don't bring us closer to God. But what we really, really should be focusing on is eternity. Because eternity goes on and on and on and on. It never stops. It never stops. So what we really should be worrying about is where we're going. We worry too much about this little bit of life. This tiny little bit of life, we worry about too much. But none of us take note and think, where are we really going? What are we storing up in heaven? Where have we invested in heaven? Where have we prayed? Where have we been brokenhearted for the poor? Or where have we helped that person that we saw needed something? You know, we're so consumed about this little bit of life. Give me, give me. What can we get out of it? What can I get? Who can help me to get there? Blaming everyone else. You know, oh, it was my husband, the way he treated me, done this, done that. You know, I've worn that T-shirt. I've done all those things. But where has that got me? Has it brought me closer to God? Standing in the vomit, 
keep going backwards, keep going over the past. You know, I've had to learn to say, no, I have a choice. Do I want to stay where I am or do I want to look in the future? Do I want to go where God's telling me to go? And believe me, it's frightening. It's frightening. For me, it's frightening because I don't find it, it don't come natural to me to preach, to speak the word of God. Yet one-to-one, I can tell you that, Jesus, because I love him so much. But it's like coming out of your comfort zone. If he can use me, if he can make a donkey speak, what can he do with you? I'm not educated. You know, I, they said I didn't have dyslexia. So that means they said I'm sick. You know, but God has taught me how to read, not properly. He's teaching me. But what I'm saying is, it's like, if he can do it for me, he can do it for each one of us. But we've got to get out of ourselves. Stop thinking about ourselves. Stop thinking about the past. Start thinking what God says you are, who he says you are, and who he wants you to be. He's, sorry, can I sit down? Cause you're, right, he, he loves us. There's no doubt of that. He loves us. Even when we fall away from him, he says he never stopped loving us. That's his word. He says he never stops loving us. But when we allow the past to come in and blockages to come in, he can't come in until we repent and say, sorry, Lord. When we say, sorry, Lord, come in and show us. He comes and shows us. But this is what we should be focusing. This is what we should be teaching our children. This is what we should be teaching our, our grandchildren, our sisters, our brothers. We should be talking to them about eternity, not what we can give them. What can we give them? I've got nothing to give. I've got no money in my pocket. I've got, I had to take £20 off my son today for petrol. Right? I'm not begging and I'm not thinking it's just because I didn't have time to go to the bank. But what I'm saying is we can give little things like that and they all help each other and that's the way we're supposed to be. But what more gift can we give when we share the gospel with someone? When we tell them about Jesus, you know, when we tell them about Jesus, that's life. Life. Imagine life. That's freedom. That's eternity. That's going on and on and on and on. Never stopping. Never stopping. When we die, we don't die. Our flesh dies, but our spirit lives on. Just the body dies. That's back there. That's back here. Our body. But it's our spirit that God is interested in. Death and life is in the tongue. You know, what you speak out, what you proclaim, be aware. You know, God hears us. So we, it's about coming back to him, trusting him. Relying on him, putting him first, putting him back in the center of our lives, choosing him when we wake up in the morning, wake up half hour earlier, spend that time with him. You know, don't go on Facebook. That's the worst thing to do. Don't look to see out there what's, who's doing what and what's doing what. Worry about yourself, your salvation with him, your time with him. Spend that 10 minutes praying, spend that 10 minutes speaking to him in tongues. 
Spend that 10 minutes in the Word. That's half hour of your day. You have 24 hours in the day. Remember a, a, a long time ago I said to you, think about what you spend your time on. How many soap operas do you watch a week? How many news bulletins do you watch? How long do you go on Facebook for? How long do you go in the bath? You know, how long do you do things? Analyse yourself. Think about it now. What are you spending your time in? And yet, no, I'm not taking the bath away from you. I love the bath, but spend the time with the Lord in the bath. Yeah, I love the bath. No, but what I'm saying is, some women escape in the bathroom and go on Facebook. Right? Yeah. They use that as an excuse. I'm having a bath and then they're just gossiping and looking at other people's business. Because it's all in your face. It's what am I doing? You can't even go for a coffee unless someone's taking a picture of themselves in a coffee bar. It's all about, it's all about who's where and, and what they're wearing and what have you. And you, you think, how sad. How sad. That they have to tell the world where they are. I love my privacy. I love that I'm not famous. I love that I can walk down the street. You know, don't get me wrong. When I bump into people, when the Lord says to me, you know, I bump into someone down the road and have a coffee, I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you. I love Loughton. I love Be- uh, Debton. I was going to say Beckton. I don't. But, you know, like I, I love where I am. And I love the things that God gives us. But we have to learn to use them in the right ways. And not stop focusing what we ain't got. Because we've got more than most. You know, we have. You know, my set is falling apart. I keep popping it up with more cushions and what have you. And my husband keeps saying, like, we need a set. And I said, no, I'm not getting in debt. I'm not getting in debt. I refuse to get in debt. God gave me freedom from debt this year. And I'm not going back. I'm not going back. It's how, how we're going to, you know, it's staying out of debt. And it's us staying in the presence of God. Now he's teaching me how to stay in the presence of God. 24 hours, seven days a week. We need to be in his presence. When we come in his presence, when we get fired up, when we go in church, we shouldn't just have to go into church to get fired up. We should get fired up in our spirit as soon as we wake up, even as we're sleeping, you know. We, the presence of God is real in us. His fire. But it's how much do you want him? How much do you want him? Really want him? Imagine this was your last day. God forbid I speak life over every one of us. But imagine if it was our last day. What would you be doing? You want to run to your kids and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Remember this. Remember I love you. Remember I'm there. And da, da, da. The best gift for us to do would be saying, Jesus loves you. Remember, I'm not here, but he's always in you. I'm leaving you. I'm not in the world. I told my kids, I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I never knew where I was going 30 years ago. I thought I knew where I was going. I thought I was a Christian and I was still sleeping with people, still partying, still doing what I wanted to do, still living in uh, fornication, still fornicating, wasn't married to my husband, you know, I praise God because he corrected it all. But I still suffer with the consequences of that. He's not a Christian as yet, but he's coming. In Jesus' name, he's coming. 
is coming. But how night, Lord, what stops us? What stops us? Things don't matter no more. You know, Abraham, he had his... Um, I'm going to just highlight a few things here, yeah? Abraham left his homeland. He left his wealth, his friends for a new land because he focused on the unseen kingdom. Joseph had strength to endure hardship and prison because his dreams focused on the greatness of God. Moses could turn his back on Egypt because he focused on God's plan. Stephen preached an unpopular message and died a martyr because of his focus. Paul gave everything up and said, this one thing I do. Jesus told Martha only one thing is necessary. What does it take to gain the focus required to become truly effective as a Christian? In Paul, um, Philippines, Paul um, writes, Philippine 4, he writes, I just, I'm just going to pick out some things, but you can go home and read this passage and meditate on it, you know, as a bit of homework. <laughs> he says, he implores us to be of the same mind in the Lord. He urges us have true companions he sees who labours he rejoices when we rejoice he rejoices he rejoices when we say Lord always you he loves it with our gentleness He's gentle. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Meditate on these things. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me as sorry, he, he then starts talking of, he's talking to someone else and he says that he rejoices because God heard his cry that he needed stuff and um, some other people gave him the stuff he needed. What do we need? You can do it. All you need to do is trust God. There's nothing lacking in you. 
You have everything. You have all his gifts. You just need to switch it on. You have to ask the Holy Spirit for a fresh anointing on all the gifts that God's given you. We're no different from one another. It's just we need to step out in him and trust him and believe him. Don't believe my word. Believe his word. Don't believe just any preacher. Believe his word. Go back to the word. And make sure it's like King James Version as well. Because they're, they're dabbling with the, the word as well now. What does he look for? He looks for people that are willing. People that want to surrender. A Samaritan woman was on her way to get water one day as she approached Jacob's well. She encouraged a man named Jesus. She had everything going against her. Jesus did not speak to Samaritans. Men had nothing to do with women, and she was a woman of bad reputation. But one conversation with Jesus changed her life. Jesus, a Jew, Jew, broke down the barriers of race, gender, and social separation. I may have pronounced that wrong, sorry. When he saw her desires to be a worshipper, he revealed the greatest revelation concerning worship in the New Testament. It was too much to keep to herself. She laid down her water pot and ran back to town to tell what had happened to her. A whole city came to know Jesus in one day. One day. One day. I believe she was the first evangelist woman. She was the first woman to be an evangelist. She was a woman. She wasn't a Jew. She was a Samaritan. So they felt they couldn't be like the Jews. But God told her that the water I have is everlasting. You'll never get thirsty. Um, Where is that passage, Sylvia? The woman at the well. When Jesus said, where is it? Can someone read it? Is it Matthew? But he needed to go through Samaria. This was Jesus. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God 
and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I have perceived that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the further is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I am he. Amen. He said he's coming. He's coming. He says, be watchmen. For us to be watchmen. For us to take note. Don't take nothing for granted. Start preparing. Start preparing your hearts. You've got a choice. Do you want to just live for this little bit of life? Or do we want to live for eternity? You know, is that what we're going to be focusing on? Or are we just going to keep getting entangled with, with life? And just going round and round and round and round. Letting us hold back where we can't walk forward. We can't. We keep going backwards. Because that's the only place. Because the world is entangling us. With what is offering us. You know. They spend thousands and millions of pounds on advertisement. For us to take the bait. To get in debt for Christmas. To this, that, the other. You know, ask the Lord to put blinkers on your eyes. You don't see it. It don't affect you anymore. Because now it's real. Do we want to stay like this? Or do we want to be untangled? And live free. Free from debt. Free from poverty. And I don't, I'm not just talking about money yet. I mean like 
spiritually poverty. That's what we're talking about today. When Ruth spoke last week, not just Ruth, I've been hearing it. I'm hearing it. This is the time we need to be, our ears need to be open for the Lord. He's coming back. Whether he comes back today or tomorrow, we don't know the hour. But our hearts need to be right with him. If you're living in sin, get it right. If you're not with the right man, get it right. Don't keep waiting for something to happen. Because what we want sometimes ain't what God's got for us. And when we choose what we want, ain't the right thing and we have a life of misery. You know? Are we going to be like the Samaritan woman? Marrying five, 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 well me. It's like, I learnt from one. <laughs> one husband's enough for me. <laughs> He knew I couldn't handle too. <laughs> but you know, what I'm saying is, is that not enough? Sometimes we get burnt, but it still don't matter. We still jump back in there. You know, we, we ain't got no money, but we still push the bank card. And you know, I've done it. I do it even now sometimes. But you know, Lord, the Lord is teaching me. These things are good for us because these things teach us discipline. You know, that cake looks really nice and I love a bit of sugar. And I'm trying to teach myself, no, that's poison to your body. You know, renewing my mind. Renewing us. And we have to renew our spirit every day. We have to renew our mind every day because we have to draw closer to him. You know, we need to dig deep in that well. We need to draw it out. Lord, what's in that well for me today, Lord? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to speak to? Holy Spirit, show me. Is there someone I can bless today? Is there someone that I can just be with? You know, it's not just about money. Blessings is not just money. Blessings sometimes is... When a friend comes along and says, let's have a coffee today. You know, want to go for a walk or something. That's a blessing. There's so many people out there, they never even get a cuddle. Because they've got no kids, they've got no one out there. No, no family, nothing. You know, we're blessed. We're blessed. But we don't have to rely on that to fill us up. But there's some people that just need that. He said the first thing for us to do is to love. To love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. We need to start focusing on him. Trusting in him. Lord, thank you. Lord, I pray, Father God, that I've edified you today, Lord. Because this was about you, Lord. This is about drawing us closer to you, Lord. Lord, I don't want no one to lose their way. I don't want anyone to think they're in your presence and they're not, Lord. And I'm not judging because I'm saying it for myself, Lord. I want to know you more. I want to draw closer to you, Lord. I want to I 
hear you. I want to speak to you. I want to, I want to, I want to smell you, Lord. I want to be in your presence 24 hours a day. Because I know that you're a good thing for me. I know that I can't live without you in my life. I need you. I need you to even help me to breathe. Lord, I pray, Father God, that each one of us, that you would help us to draw closer to you. That today, Lord, if there's one word that they take away with them, Lord, today, is that you are real. And that you live within each one of us. Your Holy Spirit is present. Your Holy Spirit is present. Father, I thank you. Carol, can you play that song again, please? I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.